0: With tempests and not comforted, behold, I will lay your stones with colorful gems and lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make your pinnacles of rubies, your gates of crystal, and all your walls of precious stones. All your children. Listen, this is for every one of you that are parents today. If you're a parent, say, this is for me. If you're a parent, say, this is for me. All your children shall be taught by the Lord. All your children shall be taught of the Lord. I said all your children will be taught of the Lord. Well, you don't understand what they're doing right now. All your children will be taught of the Lord. You don't understand what condition they're in. All your children will be taught of the Lord. You don't understand what kind of lifestyle that they've embraced. All your children will be taught of the Lord. There is nothing that is too difficult for the Lord. And he's the God of the turnaround. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he did it then, he'll do it again. Amen? Amen? Listen, we had a family member, Stacey's brother, that wrestled with homosexuality. And he wrestled with these things. All all sorts of things he actually wrestled with. And he told Pastor Stacy one time, I will never serve the God that you serve. I will never serve the God that you serve. Let me tell you something, folks. Five years later, he was in this church with his hand lifted up, and he got baptized in the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in other tongues. Don't you tell me for one minute that God can't do the impossible. He's able to turn your situation around. He's able to turn your children around. He's able to turn their hearts. He's able to turn them. Hallelujah. Amen. And by the way, God's able to turn the heart of this nation. He's able to turn the heart of a state. He's able to turn the heart of a people. If if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. By the way, he's talking to the church. Don't expect the world to to turn from wickedness if we're not willing to turn from wickedness and if we're not willing to humble ourselves. It's got to start with us. A lot of times we have Christians that are wanting the world to stop doing what they themselves are doing. Well, thank you for that overwhelming response. It's true nonetheless. It's got to start with us. If you want to know what's wrong in the state or the nation or even the city, you has got to start with the person you're looking at in the mirror. And you've got to look at that person and say, Lord, what do I need to do? What do I need to change? What do I need to eradicate out of my life? Amen? This is, this is such a popular message. I knew that everybody would shout about that. But the reality is that's the truth. We're always wanting everybody else to change rather than looking at ourselves. And every one of you that are married, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You got a problem in the marriage? It ain't me. Hey, I'm all of that. A bag of potato chips, a RC Cola, and a moon pie, too. You, you know what I'm saying? All of you got some of that last week, okay? And our fathers are that. Praise God, you are uh, that. But don't let it go to your head. You still need to change. Hallelujah. But we don't want to change. We want to keep everything the same. We don't, you know, the reality is this kind of humility starts with us. Turning from wickedness starts with us. Changing starts with us, the church. We are the salt. We are what is giving flavor to the earth. If we don't like what we see, the first place we have to look at is what's going on in the church. Because we are the ones that are seasoning the earth. Rather than pointing a finger at everybody that's doing crazy things, we got to look at us. Amen? Now, let's get back to this. All your children will be taught of the Lord, and great will be the peace of your children. My, the, my children, their peace is going to be great. By the way, that word is shalom. In righteousness, you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression. Oh, thank God for that. And you shall not fear. Look at somebody say, No fear. Now, one of the reasons I have people say things is, I, listen, I want this to get on the inside of you. We are to live our lives with no fear. You know what's really amazing to me is how often we'll have believers say, we don't need to fear. But then anytime something happens in the society or culture, they're the ones that are panicking about everything. Y'all know what I'm saying? Gas prices get a little high and the believers are the ones that are panicking more than anybody else. Can I say we are the ones that are to live with no fear in the midst of every situation, in the midst of every circumstance, regardless of what's going on. I say, my God is greater. Hallelujah. So I live from a position and with a disposition that I have no fear. Amen? Are y'all with me? And from terror, for it shall, be, for it shall not come near you. Skip down to verse 17. I love this. This is our text for today. No weapon formed against you will prosper. No weapon formed against you will prosper, and every tongue, oh, I love that, which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Can everybody shout amen this morning? Now. I know that this last scripture that I just read is one that's very familiar with all of us. Probably not anybody here, if you've been in church for any length of time whatsoever, you have heard verse 17 quoted. And usually we quote the very first part, you know, no weapon formed against me will prosper. And every tongue that rises up against me in judgment will condemn. No weapon formed against me. And how many of you believe that the word of God, it is true from Genesis 1 to Revelation last. That is God's word for us. It is his promise to us, but understand this, any time that we read scripture, it is important that we read it contextually. And so we have to understand that we can't just, you know, cherry pick a portion of scripture and necessarily apply it to our lives. There may be some spiritual application, but it may not be a full, overriding, complete And so we have to understand that we have to read it in context. And so whenever you read it in context, you have to recognize that that Isaiah is actually speaking to a particular group of people that are alive at that moment in time. However, though it was not written to us, it is written for us. And these scriptures here are particularly, when when you read it in context, they apply to us even all the more. Because it starts out there in verse 11. It says, Oh, you afflicted one tossed with what? A tempest. Tossed with tempest. Bring the scripture back up there. Oh, you afflicted one tossed with tempest and not comforted. Tossed with tempest. Now, what it literally means to be tossed with tempest is to literally be in a storm or a whirlwind. Can I say that any of us living in Bay County... This scripture applies to us. How many of you were here during Hurricane Michael? You know, we live through a tempest. We live through a storm. And so I want to encourage you just not to, re- re- to read this as some passage of scripture that, yeah, that's a promise of God. But I want you to see this this morning as it is God's personal word to you that God is saying, you that have been tossed in the storm. You that have experienced a storm. You that have experienced the whirlwind. You that have experienced the craziness. I know mean, uh, we have went through a pandemic, a, if you want to call it a, a health storm. We've experienced all the election controversy. There's been a political storm that we've all had to traverse through. You know what? There's continual storms that have went on. And I, and you've heard me say this before. You know, in 2018, of course, you know, we went through Hurricane Michael. And about the time we were getting over that, then we had COVID, and then we had the election. And it, it was just been one thing right after another. There's been all these different storms. I want to say this today. I'm t- taking this word today as God's personal word to me and what God is saying is this no weapon formed against me will prosper that means this that Michael will not prosper against me that means COVID will not prosper against me that means election controversy will not will not prosper against me or any other storm inflation will not prosper over me in the name of Jesus amen If you went through any storm, if you've been going through a financial storm, or you've been going through a family storm, I'm here to declare to you today that God's word to you is that no weapon formed against you will prosper. And every tongue and every negative decree that's been made by the enemy over your life, the Lord is saying today that I am reversing the declaration of hell, and I'm turning things around within your life today. Amen? See, this is a promise for us, high praise. This is a promise for us today. We had an HOA meeting. That, uh, the HOA, where we actually live, they uh, had difficulty finding places to meet. So we we've told them, you know, if you need a place to meet, you can meet here in our church. just like we've done for some, we've had churches meet here. We've had funerals uh, that we have uh, hosted here for churches that just didn't have buildings. And um, I had somebody come up to me yesterday and say, it's just amazing to me that in the midst of, of Michael, that your building still stood when everything else all around, when it all fell down and if you were able to still be a light in the community. Let me tell you something, folks. I believe that God wants to lift us up today and make us a light to the community. And hear this, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Everything that the enemy has planned against you, God is going to cause it to fall down and it will not succeed. And by the way, during Hurricane Michael, we were making declarations. Lord, protect our buildings. Building. Lord we decree protection we decree safety we declare that Lord God though a thousand fall at our side and ten thousand by our right hand that it will not come near us are y'all hearing what I'm saying and thank God God in His mercy spared our building and you know we had we didn't have that much damage in here had some in the other building and in a week and a half after Hurricane Michael we actually had a for our first service praise God amen no weapon formed against you will prosper come on look at somebody say no weapon formed against you will prosper we've seen storms in every single realm over the last four years and I'll be honest with you I'm I'm ready to see storms go bye-bye I don't know if anybody else is ready for that man I, I don't want another storm but I'll say this if it shows up we still have the promise of God that says that no weapon formed against us no storm that even comes against you will prosper For you that have had family storms, I'm telling you that God is saying that I am restoring. He's the restorer of the breach today. And he's bringing your relationship back together. And he's restoring your son and your daughter back to the place where they'll be on fire for God once again. I come against every spirit of complacency, every backsliding spirit, and we declare in the name of Jesus that no weapon formed against our family will prosper. Amen? Look at somebody say the devil's a liar and I feel a fire on the inside of me today. You know what, it's time for us to stop You know, I think sometimes what we've done over the last four years, we've been licking our wounds, you know, all the things that have been taking place, and we felt sorry for ourselves, and we've been licking our wounds. Oh, woe is me. And I'm telling you, God is causing a fresh fire to be released within the church. We're not going to lick our wounds anymore. We're going to begin to erect the banner of victory, and we're going to begin to say, let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Let God arise. Let the enemy go into the sea. We're going to sing like uh, Moses did and the children of you know, the horse and the rider, they are thrown into the sea. The Lord, my God, is a great God, and he's triumphed over the enemy. Amen? Whenever you read this entire passage of Scripture, there are what I call multi-level and multi-dimensional declarations. You see, just the restoration of your dwelling place being restored. It talks about the foundations of the house. It talks about your pinnacles. That actually is, uh, means windows. It talks about gates, which are doors and walls. See, this is speaking actually of a natural house. God is declaring that whatever has been destroyed in the storm will be restored. We need to be reminded of that once again. You know, there's a lot of things that we have all seen restored since Hurricane Michael. And The Lord gave me the word Shalom. Uh, And I don't have time to really preach and teach on that this morning, but that he would restore to us the word restore there in Joel chapter two is the Hebrew word Shalom, which whenever you see it used, it doesn't just mean that God takes you back to where you were at previously. What it literally means is you have more than you had before. You know what? I can truthfully say that we have more than we had before. I can truthfully say that God has restored more than what we had previously. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen? Now, there are still some things that we're waiting for. Let me say it like, there's still some things I'm standing for. There's still some things that I'm believing for. I don't believe that we have seen the fullness of the Shalom that God desires to bring within our city, within our area. And by the way, that's the reason I get excited whenever we see news about Tyndall Air Force Base. I don't know if about anybody else, but I got excited about that. Anybody else get it? See, many people don't know how close we were to, Tyndall was on the chopping block. And thank God that we had some politicians that would actually go to bat for us, Our governor was one of them who went to bat for us. And we had other people that went to bat for us because they knew how important Tyndall Air Force Base was to our area and our region. And can I tell you something? God performed in a mighty way. And, you know, now they're calling it the base of the future. And what we're going to end up having within five years, we're going to have more people stationed here than we've ever had previously. I said, He is the God of the Shalom. He will bring more than you had before. Amen? And so we get excited about that. See, what we're seeing is a natural manifestation of something that God has already declared in the Spirit. What has already been spoken prophetically, we're beginning to see it actually happen and transpire in the natural. And again, I know many of you, you've seen God do some magnificent things, but understand this. God's not finished yet. God's not finished yet. Can I tell you that God's not finished yet? You've only seen the down payment. You've only seen a little bit. Because let me tell you, I'm believing that even within this congregation, that we're going to have more than we had before. I said we're going to have more than we had before. We were looking at population statistics the other day in Callaway, this area, the east side. Callaway is the largest city over here on the east side. But Callaway had over 15,000 people before uh, Hurricane Michael. And after Hurricane Michael, as of today, it's about 10,000 populous. I only say that to say this. We lost about a third of the people here in this area, in this community. And we lost probably about a, a, at least a third of the people within our church. All the military people, we lost them because they were transferred out. Now, I said that to say this. I haven't seen the fullness of the restoration of that. But I'm telling you, I am standing and I am declaring, God, you said shalom. God, you said we'd have more than we had before. We're not just going to be where we were previously. We're going to have more than what we had before. We're going to have a greater impact in this community. We're going to go places where we've never been before. God, you're going to open up more doors than we ever had opened before. We may not see it right now, but we are, we, listen, we're contending for it. And we're, we're, we're raising up our declaration to say, let God be true in every man a liar. Amen. So God says, I'm going to restore your dwelling place. I'm going to restore your house. See, God's speaking about your house. Let me say it another way. You're going to have a better house. I said, you're going to have a better house. No, you didn't hear me. I said you're going to have a better house. I said you're going to have a better house. If you don't want one, that's okay, but I'm going to take hold of it in Jesus name. You're going to have a better house. Some of you don't have a house right now. I'm telling you, I decree over you in Jesus name that God will open up doors and God's going to release the home that you need in the name of Jesus. Amen. You're going to have a better house. Chuck's taking a long time, but you're going to have a better house. <laughs> you're going to have a better house, Debbie, praise the Lord. Tested and tried, you have off made to wonder, but I'm telling you, you're going to have a better house, praise God. Amen? Two by fours twice, hallelujah, you're going to have a better house. Whatever it takes for the promise of God to be fulfilled, God's going to do it within your life. Amen? God's not a man, he will lie. If he said it, folks, he's going to make it good. Amen? He goes on to say, great will be your peace. That is the word shalom. Great will be the peace of your children. Again, just so you know, for you that don't know this, shalom is not a root word. Shalom is actually derived from the word shalom or shalom. Different people pronounce it different ways and according to, you know, or reach. I don't know how it is pronounced or does it really matter? Shalom, shalom. It's somewhere between ah and ah, okay? Shalom, shalom, shalom. Yeah, praise the Lord, however she said it. That's how it's pronounced. She's, she's Jewish, she's a Jewish lady, and you talk to her, you, you hear the Israeli accent within her voice, but you know, it, but, the, but that is the root word of shalom. So let me say it like this. You can't really have shalom without, without what? Shalom, okay, you can have uh, without shalom, Okay. <laughs> You can have shalom without shalom. Shalom. Are y'all understanding what I'm saying? See, and shalom means more than you had before. Let me say this. I'm not going to be at total peace till I have the fullness of the promise manifested within my life. And I'm going to see the fullness of shalom in my life whenever I see the shalom of God take place. Hallelujah. Your kids are going to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. That's what it said. Great will be the peace of your children. He's talking about family restoration. You're not going to be at each other's throats. You're not going to have to wonder where they're at at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock or whatever o'clock it might be at night. And by the way, there's nothing good going on in Panama City after 11 o'clock. Kids, you ought to be home. Uh, at least I got some shouts from the parents. Right? Man, whenever I was growing up, my mom and dad, we had curfews. My wife, when we were dating, she's always wanting me to break the curfews. She just wanted to be with me. Anyway, it was the test. Do you love your parents more, or do you love me more? But anyway, not really. Yo, this is not a downer. Okay, we're forty-two years past that now. Okay, all right, so we're we're good. We're all good. Anyway, but the reality, yeah. But anyway, but the reality is, you know, that the, I, my mom and dad had cur- they had curfews for me, you know, and at, on Friday night, eleven o'clock, you better be here, or your car keys are taken away. All right. And on Saturday night, I had to be at 10.30. You know why? Most people have their uh, their curfews a little later on Saturday night. Not mine. Mine was earlier on Saturday night. 10 o'clock, I'm sorry. 10 o'clock on Saturday night. You know why? Because they said, church is tomorrow. And you're going to be in bed because I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. You're not going to be out all night. No, you're going, be, you're going to be in the bed, sleeping, getting ready. You're going to have to play your trumpet tomorrow. You know, going to be involved. Anyway, but God says family restoration. I don't know where this message is going to today, but praise the Lord. Just grab whatever you can grab hold of. But he says, no weapon that's formed against you. This audience, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Now, understand this. It doesn't say that there would be no weapon formed. It says no weapon formed against you will prosper. Do you follow that. Doesn't mean that you're not going to ever face any adverse situation. The reality is this every single one of us, it rains on the just and the unjust. Things happen to everybody just because we live in a fallen world. We live in a crazy world. We live in a world that, you know, people are doing some weird things and strange things today. And by the way, I do believe that God is bringing a revival, and I believe we're going to see less and less of it in the name of Jesus. Amen. But it's very important that we understand when he says no weapon formed against you will prosper. That first of all, we must understand that there is a real devil that we are at war with. Your adversary is the devil. And hear this. Your adversary is not your family. Your adversary is not people who think different than you. Listen, if people that thought different than me were my enemy, then that would make my wife my enemy. How many, of you, how many of you that are married can truthfully say that you always think identically to your spouse? Is there anybody that will actually say, I think identically. Thank you for the honest people. How many of you will honestly say that me and my spouse, we usually have some differing opinions on things? Anybody like that? You know, Tyler, do you and Leanne, y'all have some differing opinions? You, okay, you're, you're okay. All right. I don't know if you were talking about the next fishing trip or not, but nonetheless... But you got, y'all have some differing opinions. We've all got some differing opinions. And if you ask us about things, I'm telling you what, we'll always come up with a different response. We'll come up with a different answer. We're always thinking differently. And by the way, that's okay. All right? You know, but what happens many times is we want to make people that don't think like us as our enemies. Understand, those are not our enemies. We must understand we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but we war against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in the heavenly realms. The unfortunate reality is those things have control of some people. But understand, they themselves, they're not our enemies. They're the people that Jesus died for. And so what we have to realize, is that you have to always keep this in mind, that there is a real devil that's out there. And so the weapons that are formed against you, they are primarily, they come from the enemy. They come from the devil. They come from Satan. They come from demons. Second of all, again, we just live in a fallen world. There's thorns, Okay. There's sweat. There's all these things that happen as a result of, fall, of living in a fallen world. Third, uh, Thirdly, you gotta understand there's just unkind people. There's, you know, and many times they're even in the body of Christ. People won't be nice, they won't be kind with their words. And so we have all these things that we're dealing with, but understand this regardless of where it comes from. What God said is this no weapon formed against you will prosper. It doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what they do. Hear this. God is going to have the first and the last word. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He said victory in the beginning, and you will see it in the end. Hallelujah. Amen? We don't have a promise that says it will never face any kind of weapon. We don't have a promise that says we'll never have any kind of adverse situation. We have a promise that weapons that are formed will have no lasting effect, and they will not prosper. Yes, we faced... Covid, But hallelujah, the weapons do not prosper, amen? Yes, we face, you know, political storms, but hallelujah, the weapons will not prosper. Yes, we face Hurricane Michael, but guess what? The weapons will not prosper, and God declares restoration, amen? See, the enemy may take a fire over the shot of your bow, but he can't sink the ship, You know, you may take on a little water momentarily, but your ship is still going to float and you're gonna make it to your destination. Can everybody say amen? amen? No weapon will prosper. The weapons of hell, they will not succeed in the attempt to take you out, nor will they succeed in taking your family out. I want everybody to hear this. If you are saved, there is a covenant that you have that actually promises protection for your family. You, this, the covenant that you have the covenant, the blood covenant it not only promises protection for your family but it also declares that your family will be saved that means they may not be living right right now but the weapons of hell will not prosper and there will be a turnaround within their lives, hallelujah I believe that the Lord is saying today that you are not down for the count it's time for you to begin to hulk up praise God I don't know if there's anybody here that ever watched any professional wrestling. Did anybody ever watch any? Probably a lot of people might be a little ashamed of even admitting to it. I never watched professional wrestling. You know, whenever I was a real young teenager, I noticed, it. I think it came on on Saturdays sometimes, and occasionally it might be on the television. It wasn't something that we avidly, you know, watched or anything like that. Most of the wrestling that I saw had to do with my granny watching soap operas and hitting the TV when there were characters that she didn't like. But uh, you know, besides that, but you know, we'd watch. There'd occasionally be some professional wrestling on the television. But uh, I was traveling a lot uh, back in the mid '90s, and uh, and I came home. It, this is probably 1996, 97, something like that. And I think we may have started. Had, I not Might have been right before we started the church, or we, or maybe we had just started it. But I came home from a meeting that I had, and. Uh, Got home on Sunday, and then Monday came next day, and next thing I I hear from Joshua, it's Monday night. I said, what? Yeah, it's Monday. I didn't know, what's so exciting about Monday night? Wrestling. Wrestling is on. I said, wrestling, what are you talking about? We never watch wrestling in this house. He said, wrestling's on. Monday night, Nitro. anybody remember that Monday Night Nitro and uh, there was a wrestler a famous wrestler that was on it Hulk Hogan I don't know if anybody remembers him you know and uh, and so what would happen and so I would just sit down you know and I started kind of watching it every now and then watching the kids are watching it so I'm gonna sit there with the kids and go oh that's cute (laughs) don't you do that to one another though you do it to one another and I'll wear your tail out all right but uh, n- nonetheless, so they, they were watching it one night, and Hulk Hogan was wrestling. He was in the ring. And it looked like, of course, we know this all choreographed, but it looked like that he was on the ropes. It looked like it was over. Ric Flair had just pinned him. The Nature Boy had, had just taken control of the entire thing. And you know, you know it's over. And then the next thing, what would happen is Hulk Hogan would begin to hulk up. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And the crowd goes crazy. You wouldn't think that somebody, a crowd watching a man with yellow tights walking around like this would get them going. But I'm telling you, they would go crazy. They start crying. And they called it hawking up. Now, only, I'm only using that illustration I'm not trying so much to be funny but I want you to understand that I believe it's time for the church to begin to hulk up I said it's time to begin to hulk up you may have been on the ropes but it's time to begin to hulk up you are about to do the big leg drop right on the enemy hallelujah and put him out for the count And the referee is going to do the one, two, three, and raise your hand in victory. Hallelujah. Amen? It's your comeback season. I said it's your comeback season. How many believe it's your comeback season? No weapon formed against you will prosper. You know, whenever you look throughout the Bible, throughout the Word of God, we see people, we see men of God that had comebacks. Job lost everything. But how many know he experienced a comeback? and he got the double portion on the other side. You may have lost everything in Hurricane Michael, but hear this, your comeback season is here, and you're gonna have more than you had before. David had to go hide in a cave from Saul. But he experienced a comeback. And he eventually took the throne and he lived in the palace. Hallelujah. Moses, he had to go to the backside of the desert and live out there in the wilderness, so to speak. But he experienced a comeback. And he came back to Egypt and he brought deliverance. Hallelujah. Paul, he was a religious zealot. And, you know, got knocked off his horse and and lost his ability to be able to, to continue to do anything. But praise God, he was blinded as a matter of fact. But God healed him and he experienced a comeback, amen? Abraham, anybody know about Abraham? Abraham experienced a comeback. He's 99 years old. He's get up and go had already got up and went. But praise God, God told him, you're gonna be the father of many nations. Abraham experienced a comeback and he fathered a child named Isaac, hallelujah, amen? I could go on and on about people that experienced a comeback throughout the Word of God. Jacob experienced a comeback. Lazarus, man, that was a major comeback, praise God. Jesus experienced a comeback. They thought he was dead. They thought he was out for the count. That's it. He's over. No more. We're not going to hear about this Jesus anymore. But now on the third day, he arose victorious over death, hell, and the grave. He experienced a comeback. Hear this. The same power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. He will quicken your mortal body. It is your comeback season. It is your time to arise. Would you stand to your feet today? Hallelujah. I want you to look at somebody and say, this is your comeback season. Hallelujah. Tell them no weapon formed against you will prosper. Come on, tell them no weapon formed against you will prosper. Say no weapon. Come on, say no weapon formed against you will prosper. Come on, tell them again. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Say it one more time. No weapon uh, formed against you uh, will prosper. Uh. Now give the Lord a shout of victory right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. goes on to say that every lying tongue is going to be cast down. Every lying tongue. Another translation, that they'll be, be proven wrong. The accusation will be put to silence. God, let's tell you, we live in such an accusatory society today. And you know it doesn't take anything for somebody to accuse somebody and if it's somebody they don't like and they believe it then they you know they don't even have to have evidence today they're going to believe it and repeat it and you know god forbid that be taking place here in the church of the lord jesus christ amen we shouldn't act that way but the reality is this regardless of what people may do and regardless of what people may say god says that lying tongue's going to be put down and it'll be silenced the truth will win out in the end I said, truth is going. It's always going to win out, one way or another. Truth is going to come out in the end, okay? And uh, we have to. We as believers have the responsibility of rejoicing in the truth. But right now, the Lord is saying, "This your comeback season. it's your time. This is your season of comeback. This is your season that you're going to rise out of the place of despair. You're going to rise in power. You're going to rise in victory in Jesus' name." How many of you say, "Yes, I received that today"? Come on, just lift your hands right now, and I want you to make these declarations. We're going to lead you in a prayer this morning. I want you to pray this with me right now. In the name of Jesus, I make declaration that this day no weapon formed against me will prosper. I make a declaration. This is my comeback season. I'm coming back. Everything is being restored. Everything is being restored. In the name of Jesus, I'm hawking up. I'm hawking up. I may have been on the ropes, but I'm hawking up today. I put on the whole armor of God. I take dominion in the spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. I make my declaration of victory and triumph in the name of Jesus. Give the Lord a shout right now.